Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Minister David Walker comes with a life-changing message entitled, There is Freedom in Forgiveness. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. Well, as as many of you already know, our pastors just concluded a dynamic relationship series on folks, right? And I encourage you, if you haven't already, to go back and watch those teachings. You don't always get it all in one service, okay? So go back and get into those services. Uh, It's on Facebook, it's on YouTube, and you will be blessed. And, you know, it got me to thinking about how awesome and how important it is to have relationships. You know, me and my best friend, we were talking the, it was a couple of weeks ago, and we just thought about it that this year makes 20 years that we've been friends. And I was like, wow, man, we've been friends for 20, 20 years. That made me feel a little old right there, but anyways. But you know, I love this guy like a brother, but one thing about relationships is that sometimes relationships can also be as wonderful as they can be, they can be challenging. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? And one thing I found out is people we have loved and trusted and helped the most are sometimes the same ones who hurt us. Intentionally and unintentionally. You know, it reminded me of a story when I first got married. Um, Yeah, honey, I'm going to have to tell this story. But uh, when I first got married, I'm talking about within the first couple of weeks of our marriage, uh, my wife came to me. She said, hey, babe, there's this Goodwill um, bag I need you to go through because I'm about to drop it off to Goodwill. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get to it. And then a day or two went by, I was looking for my favorite shirt. And, I mean, I don't have that much clothes. I went through the closet. I don't see my favorite shirt. And then it dawned on me, that Goodwill bag. So I went to my wife. I said, hey, so where's the Goodwill bag? She said, I dropped it off. Then I found out it wasn't just my favorite shirt. It was, a, it was a Hugo Boss shirt. It was three of them, the button down with the nice, you know, the nice patterns on them. Three of my Hugo Boss shirts went to the Goodwill? Now, you know, when you're newly married, boy, that could set you off in a... I was like, how? She said, well, I, I did tell you to go look through it. I didn't think she was going to go drop the bag off that fast. And so I remember really getting worked up about this. And the Holy Spirit said, let it go. Let it go. No, I'm going to the Goodwill and get my shirts. Now, what am I going to look like digging through? That's going to be a mess, right? But I let it go. And I found out when you let things go quickly, it's a lot easier then when you let that thing stew, because when you let it stew, it turns into something else. And we're going to talk about it today for a few moments. I want to minister from the subject, there is freedom in forgiveness. Freedom in forgiveness. The notes are in the YouVersion app. 
You can follow along, and there may be some scriptures that are not there that I may share with you as well. But our foundational text is coming from Mark's Gospel, chapter 11, verses 24 and 25. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. These are the words of Jesus, and he says, This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer. Be convinced that you have received it, and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, if you find that you carry something in your heart against a person, release him and forgive him so that your father in heaven will also release you and forgive you of your faults. Now, what's interesting to me is that the Lord Jesus is teaching on the subject of faith in Matthew's gospel, chapter, um, chapter 11. is verses 23, 24. And then he talks about faith. He talks about mountain-moving faith, speaking to the mountain. Then he talks about, in verse 24, that, you know, you can have whatsoever you say. So he's talking about prayer in that point. And then he adds forgiveness. Interesting. Interesting. If our faith and our prayers are not getting results, the first place we need to look to is our heart. Am I holding any resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness towards anyone? Notice what Jesus says. Whenever you stand praying, I heard somebody say, well, can I sit praying? Do I still have to forgive? Yes, you still have to forgive. Whenever you stand praying, Jesus said, if you find that you carry something in your heart against a person, release. Say release, release. And, forgive. and forgive. Now, notice what Jesus didn't say. Notice he didn't say he would release and forgive them for you. Because Jesus would, you know, some people, they say, well, I can't forgive. No, Jesus would never ask you to do something you couldn't do. He would be unjust to do that. So if he says to forgive, then we have it within our capacity to forgive. Now, unforgiveness is the carrying of another person's sins against you. Unforgiveness is a grudge against someone who has offended you. And your heart becomes the depository of that sin. So you're carrying a load when you don't forgive. When you carry unforgiveness, you're carrying the hurt. You could be carrying the pain. You could be carrying the shame, the deceit, the lies. It's all with you. Have you ever had an unforgiving heart? It wakes up with you and it goes to bed with you. When you wake up, it reminds you who that person is, how much they owe you, why they ain't paid you yet, why they going on vacation, why they posting these things all over the social media. Don't you still owe me this money? That's what's going on. Uh, this this guy kind of quiet. I, do y'all know what I'm talking about? But today is a day of release. Today is a day of freedom. Someone's going to get free today in Jesus' name. The word release means to give freedom or free movement to someone. To forgive means to let go, to give up a debt. 
So for a few moments, I want to give you four thoughts about forgiveness that I want you to consider this morning. Number one, forgiveness is a choice. In Luke's gospel, chapter 23, verses 32 through 34, the scripture reads, the guards led away two criminals with Jesus to execute all three at the same time. When they came to the place that is known as the skull, the guards crucified Jesus, nailing him on the center cross between the two criminals. While they were nailing Jesus to the cross, he prayed over and over, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Notice Jesus, an innocent man, a sinless man, the son of man, the son of God. He didn't call down fire. He didn't say, Lord, why me? Lord, destroy these people. As a matter of fact, in one of the gospels, he said he could have called down legions of angels. He didn't do any of that. What did he say? He said, Lord, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Profound. Profound. Forgiveness is a choice. And Jesus will never require you to do something that he hasn't done. Forgiveness is also costly. You see, God chose to forgive us, but we have to choose to forgive others. Now, I'll tell you what, forgiveness can be hard on your flesh, too. Let's just be real. We live in a fleshly body. We want immediate vindication, immediate restitution. We want whatever happened to us to happen to them 10 times worse. Come on, it's kind of quiet in this church this morning. You know, we're walking around, don't want to call folks, silent treatment, giving up. we trying to punish somebody. We say things like, I can't forgive. I can't let them get away with that. Where my money? I don't get mad, I get... Oh, some of y'all didn't use that word. Right? That was a setup right there. That was a setup. Listen, God don't want you getting even. He don't want you getting even. See, when you get even, you know, even Stephen, you won't get even. When you get even, you take, you take what God wants to do and you put it and make yourself a God. You say, what do you mean? Well, the scripture says in Romans chapter 12, verses 17 through 19, in the Passion Translation, it says, Never hold a grudge or try to get even, but plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others. Do your best to live at everybody, as everybody's friend or to live at peace with all people. Beloved, do, don't be obsessed with taking revenge. But leave that to God's righteous justice. Watch this. For the scripture says, vengeance is mine. 
and I will repay, says, says who? Says who? So the moment you say vengeance is mine, and I'm going to be Mr. Even Steven, I'm going to take care of them better than the Lord could. No, you won't. No, you can't. The Lord says, vengeance is mine, and I will repay. And the scripture also says that every word that God speaks doesn't return void. So God didn't say that. He didn't put that in the book just to make us feel good. What he wants is for you to take your trust and get it out of your own ability to vindicate yourself. And he says, put your trust in me that I will take care of the situation. I'm the one who will vindicate you. And nobody can vindicate like God. I was about to say like the vindicator, but I don't know. God will vindicate. He said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Well, you say, if I can't get even, then what am I going to do? You need to do the book. Do the Bible. There's a scripture in Luke chapter 6. Verse 27 and 28, it may not be in your notes, but it says, but I say to you who hear, this is Jesus, love your enemies, do something wonderful for them in return for their hatred. When someone curses you, bless that person in return. When others mistreat you and harass you, accept it as your mission to pray for them. You know that coworker that keep talking about you and you know they talking about you? Don't you go over there and act a fool. Give them a great compliment. Love on them. Pray for, the, for your mother-in-law because she feel like no, 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 no woman is good enough for her son. And that neighbor who allowed their dog to just keep coming in your yard and habitually and consistently pooping in your yard. Bless that neighbor. Maybe bless him with a pooper scooper. Maybe that's why they ain't picked it up yet. Let me give you point number two. Forgiveness does not keep score. Matthew's gospel chapter 18 verses 21 through 22. It says, later Peter approached Jesus and said, how many times do I have to Forgive my fellow believer who keeps offending me. Seven times? Jesus answered, not seven times, Peter, but 70 times, seven times. Wow. Now, if you read up in the passages before we got to this specific text, Jesus was talking about broken relationships being restored. And he was going through and he was teaching. And I'm sure it created some curiosity in Peter. Y'all know Peter was something else, right? Peter was something else. And so I'm sure Peter was like, okay, I got to find out more information about this. So, Lord, how many times should I be forgiven, you know, somebody seven times? And I'm sure he probably thought he was being generous. Seven times. Jesus said, no, 70 times seven or seven times 70 times, 490 times. What was Jesus really Making what was the point he was making forgiveness is not about keeping score. It's about losing count 
Now, what's interesting to me is that some of us are terrible at math. <laughs> but boy, we could keep, we mathematicians when it comes down to somebody that did us something wrong. <laughs> All that needs to happen is some pressure applied to that flesh. Now, you owe, me, you owe me $30 here, and then on May 2007, I mean, we know numbers upon numbers. And what Jesus is saying is you need to put all that stuff away. Because forgiveness is not about keeping score. It's about losing count. God does not want you keeping score of every wrong that folks do to you, folks, do to you. Think of every time the Lord has forgiven you and apply that same mercy to others. Say, don't keep score. Tell your neighbor, say, you keeping score? Don't answer that question. You know, when I think about people in... Biblical uh, characters in the Bible, Jesus, obviously, if he was, you know, if you could think about somebody who could have kept score, there was a lot of people doing Jesus a lot of wrong. Jesus could have did a lot. Jesus could have kept a lot of scores, right? You know, another person in the Bible who I think about who could have kept score was Joseph. Brothers tried to kill him, threw him in a pit, got sold into slavery. Went to, to Potiphar's house. God's still with him. God blessing him. All of a sudden, his wife acting crazy. Potiphar's wife acting crazy, trying to get Joseph to get in the bed with her. Joseph said, I can't do that. So she lied. He get thrown in jail. He stay in jail for years. Then Pharaoh, he got some of his people in jail. They said, hey, one of them said, hey, I'll, I'll tell, you know, he, uh, Joseph interpreted a dream for him. He said, I'll tell Pharaoh about you when I get out. Two years later, he remembered about that. <laughs> man, he in prison, man, this guy in prison. Two years is a long time. But you know what? Joseph continued to maintain an excellent attitude despite what he was going through. And then God raised him to a place of prominence. Now, I want you to consider something. You see, sometimes the best comes out of you when the worst has been done to you. See, sometimes we think because so much is going on against us, we say, Lord, why me? The Lord, there are sometimes we get in positions and the Lord is using situations and circumstances to refine you. That's not saying he put that on you. But those things can refine you and grow you up and allow you to focus not on yourself, but on him. You see, the devil tried to break you, but God will take what the devil tried to break you to make you. He'll take what the enemy meant for evil, and he will turn that thing around for your good. I'm a living witness. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 31 and 32 says this, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, I'm reading it from the Amplified Version, perpetual animosity, resentment, strife, 
fault-finding, and slander be put away from you, along with every kind of malice, all spitefulness, verbal abuse, malevolence, be kind and helpful to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate and understanding. Watch this. Forgiving one another readily and freely, just as God in Christ also forgave you. You see, we have to be very intentional about guarding our heart. The scripture talks about guard your heart with all diligence. It says, for out of it, out of your heart flows the issues or the forces of life. You have to protect your heart. You have to watch the words that other people say that you don't allow those words to come and sink into your heart and turn into offense and turn into unforgiveness and then turns into bitterness. We have to protect our hearts. And we have to intentionally let the bad emotions go. You have to intentionally forgive. You say, well, I'm waiting for a feeling. That feeling ain't coming. I'm just going to be honest. You know, they say, with time, things get better. Time heals all wounds. With time, with time, when you holding on to unforgiveness, it don't get better. It get bitter. It starts to burn in you. And when you have unforgiveness in your heart, you have literally latched yourself to that sin, to that situation, to that person. And until you release it, you can't be free. It doesn't get better over time. It gets bitter over time. And so it's important for us to uproot some words. You know, some words have been said to us that have not been so nice. Let's just face it. We live in a mean world. But that's why we have to renew our mind to the word of God. That's why we got to get in the word. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. We can change the way we think. We can uproot what was planted in us that we wouldn't be anyone or couldn't do something or whatever the case may be. You can uproot that and plant some new seeds from God's word to reshape your new life in Christ. So the more we understand the love of God, the easier it becomes for us to forgive. Let me give you thought number three. Forgiveness is an act of love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5. I'm reading it from the Amplified Classic. It is not conceited, speaking of the God kind of love, it is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking, it is not touchy, it is not fretful, it is not resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. Listen to that. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. When you forgive, it is an expression of the love of God flowing out of you. 
Now, if you are born again Christian, you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. And according to Romans chapter 5, verse 5, that love that we're reading right here has been poured forth in your heart by the Holy Spirit. So you have the love, you have the capacity to forgive. The question is, will you? Or what if they don't apologize? What if it's not a good apology? You ever had somebody give you a bad apology? Man, just keep that apology, man. What if they never right the wrong? What if they never pay you back? See, the love of God within you wants to keep things moving along. You know what unforgiveness wants to do? We stand right here until this situation is fixed. And guess what? Your life doesn't progress in relationships. And you think, well, it's just, that's just one relationship. No, that one relationship is impacting other relationships. And it's weighing you down. The love of God within you keeps moving on. Colossians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14 says this, tolerate the weaknesses of those. In the family of faith, Forgiving one another in the same way you've been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release this same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. Listen, folks, none of us are perfect. Come on. None of us are perfect. The same love, the same forgiveness that God has extended to us, we must extend it to others. When you free yourself, you know, people say, uh, I can't let it go. I can't do them that favor. No, you're doing yourself a favor. I had a friend of mine, when we was in college, he told me about this. Uh, we was just talking, and it came up where he was very bitter and unforgiving toward his uncle. And I said, uh, what happened? He said, well, my mom's brother, and, and they got into a fight, and it got physical, and, and I can't forgive him. I'll never forgive him. I can't forgive him. I said, wait a minute. That's so, I, so I said, so how's their relationship now? That's what I asked him. He said, oh, they good. <laughs> you know, when somebody say that, I perked up at that point. I'm like, oh, they good. They good, but you not good. Okay, I need to keep hearing the rest of this story. So I said, he said, they good. He said, I can't even understand it. They good, they act like nothing ever happened. He said, but I'll never forgive that guy for what he did to my mom. That's a really, really smart guy, this guy I'm talking to, real smart. He's a law professor right now in a college. And I said, let me ask you something. 
I said, you not forgiving your uncle is like you drinking poison and expecting your uncle to die. Your uncle ain't going to die. You might die. He not dying because him and his sister made up. They got it together and they have moved along. He was a kid when this happened. And he had been holding it all that time. And when we had that conversation, it's like, you ever saw somebody when you was talking to them and all of a sudden it's like they had an aha moment? He said, man, that makes perfect sense. He said, all this time I've been holding this person and me holding them does nothing against them. But it does everything to destroy me. Now think about all the years you could have connected with that uncle and develop a relationship. It's gone. It's not too late, but you understand what I'm saying. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We have to renew ourselves to this love if we're going to be quick to forgive. You got to get in the word. And I'm going to encourage you, if, if forgiving people quickly is not something you say is something I'm strong at, I'm going to encourage you to go in the Bible, get you some index cards, some old-fashioned index cards. Get you a nice pen. Take 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8 in the Amplified Classic. Write the scriptures on those cards, but write them like this. The love of God that's in me is patient. The love of God that's in me is kind. And begin to rehearse that word. It'll get down on the inside of you. It's not going to happen overnight. But if you do that, you will notice you will begin to grow in the love of God. And guess what? When you grow in the love of God, you're not touchy because the love of God is not touchy. The Bible says the love of God is not fretful, fretful, is not envious, is not jealous. What you'll notice is what used to get on your nerves before, it don't get on your nerves no more. You say, why don't that don't get on my nerves anymore? It's because you're developing in love. See, we got to develop in this love. Jesus said, love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he said, love our neighbors as ourselves. Let me give you the last point. Number four. Forgiveness leads to freedom. I'm going to read a story to you out of Matthew's gospel, chapter 18, verse 23, beginning with verse 23. Jesus is telling a lesson about forgiveness. Listen to this. The lesson of forgiveness in heaven's kingdom realm can be illustrated like this, and I'm reading it from the Passion Translation. There once was a king who had servants who had borrowed money from the royal treasury. He decided to settle accounts with each of them. As he began the process, it came to his attention that one of his servants owed him $1 billion. So he summoned the servant before him and said to him, pay me what you owe me. When his servant was unable to repay his debt, the king ordered that he be sold as a slave along with his wife and children and every possession that they owned as payment toward his debt. The servant threw himself face down at his master's feet and begged for mercy. Please be patient with me, 
Just give me more time and I will repay you all that I owe. Upon hearing this plea, the king had compassion on his servant and released him and forgave him his entire debt. No sooner had the servant left when he met one of his fellow servants who owed him $20,000. One billion, 20,000. I'm going to say that again. One billion, 20,000. He seized him by the throat. Now, he's getting aggressive. <laughs> and began to choke him, saying, you better pay me right now everything you owe me. His fellow servant threw himself face down at his feet, begged him, please be patient with me. If you'll just give me time, I will repay all that is owed. But the one who had his debt forgiven, stubbornly refused to forgive what was owed him. He had his fellow servant thrown into prison and demanded he remain there until he repaid the debt in full. When his associates saw what was going on, they were outraged and went to the king and told him the whole story. The king said to him, you scoundrel, is this the way you respond to my mercy? Because you begged me, I forgave you that massive debt that you owed me. Why didn't you show the same mercy to your fellow servant that I showed you? In a fury of anger, the king turned him over to the prison guards to be tortured until all his debt was repaid. In this same way, my heavenly father will deal with any of you if you do not release forgiveness from your heart. Towards your fellow believer. Forgiveness is from the heart. Say that with me. Forgiveness is from the heart. Say it again. Forgiveness is from the heart. One more time. Forgiveness is from the heart. This is a picture of what Jesus did for us. One billion, 20,000. All of our sins have been paid for. The debt has been canceled. So when we hold unforgiveness against our brother and our sister, it's like we're telling them, give me my 20,000. And what's the problem, one of the problems with that is when we hold unforgiveness and we, what we're saying is we don't recognize what Jesus did. I'm not conscious of what Jesus did. Because if, I'm, if I live in the consciousness of what Jesus did, there's no way I can hold my brother when I think about how messed up I was. How my life was all jacked up without him. So in light of knowing what God in Christ did for me, there should be some love and some compassion for me to extend and release that gift of forgiveness to others. But when I lose sight of what Jesus did for me, you better give me my money. I'm a, I'm a, you better get you. I'm going to show you right now. Let me tell you something. This is what's, what's, this is what's going on in our world today. But it ought not be going on in the life of a believer. 
Are you listening? Forgiveness is of the heart, and it's within your power today to forgive. My freshman year in college, I was at a church service, and the pastor said, if you have unforgiveness, he had preached this really good message, and he said, if you have unforgiveness in your heart, stand to your feet. A lot of people in the church stood up. I sat down. I stayed seated, I should say. I told the Lord, I don't have no unforgiveness. I got issues. But that ain't one of them. And I remember the Holy Spirit checked me in my seat. Like, why are you still sitting down? And I said, I'm not holding anybody. And we having this conversation in church. People, there is a person standing next to me on both sides. And I'm sitting down. And I'm, I'm like, I'm not holding anybody. And he showed me in a flash my high school coach. Now, I'm a freshman in, I'm a freshman in college. And I said, what? I forgave him. He said, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. And then he reminded me that every time we get to the dorm and the fellas want to talk about basketball, and we start talking about how competitive we were playing basketball in high school and all of that, I would start talking about this coach, my voice would start here, and I would end up here. <laughs> All the blame for why I didn't do what I thought I should have did, it didn't go on me. It went on him. And the Holy Spirit in the moment showed me myself, and he showed me that unforgiveness. And he said, you holding it against him. So, you know, I stood up. And when I stood up and they prayed, I got free. And I've been free ever since. Praise God. Now, I'll tell you this. The feelings, I still, people, they would, I would get drawn into those conversations. And I noticed, I start feeling, I said, no, the love of God been shed abroad in my heart. You ain't taking me down that road again. You got to get the word on this. This is not just out of human effort and human will. The Holy Spirit will come in there and help un, un, uh, lift that heavy load off of you once you release it. And then he'll, he'll, he'll show you so that you don't get caught up in conversations that get you stirred up. And it doesn't mean just because the emotion might still be there after you release that you didn't truly forgive. It's a process of healing. But you have to trust that it's in the Lord is the one walking you through it and not your own ability to do it. So let me give you the ABCs of getting free from unforgiveness. A is acknowledge that you have not truly forgiven the person who wronged you. B is be open to hearing from God speak to you about the situation. You know, sometimes we think it's all on them and the Holy Spirit will show you some of that stuff was you too. It's quiet in this church this morning. <laughs> C is confess the sin of unforgiveness out of your life. And that's something you have to do by opening up your mouth. Let's stand to our feet this morning.
If you're here today and you say, I got some unforgiveness in my heart, I know it. Today is your day to get free. It's your day to get free. You feel like this message resonated with you, I just want you to raise your hand. Just, just wave your hand. I see those hands. We're going to pray today. You're going to get free today. Just like I did so many years ago. You're going to get free today. And guess what? If you find yourself in the same type of situation, you just repeat the process. Be quick to forgive. Quick to forgive. I want you to just bow your head. I'm going to pray this prayer. And what I want you to do is I want you to open your mouth and I want you to fill in the blank when I say forgive. I'm, gonna get, I'm, a, I'm not going to say anything after that point. And I want you to call the person's name out because I want you to release the person and the situation. Could have been somebody went off on you for no reason or you thought it was no reason. Whatever the situation that you're carrying, I want you to unload it today as we pray. Say that with me. Say, Father, today, in the name of Jesus, I make a quality decision to forgive. You just put their name in there. I release them and that situation today in the name of Jesus. And I receive your comfort your joy, your strength, your peace. I thank you, Father, for giving me the strength to love, to help, to forgive. Thank you, Lord, for extending mercy to me. Now I extend mercy to others. In Jesus' name. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away, and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name. Praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. 
For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you. Thank you.